Hysteria is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She deserves the best. That's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. And right now you can get 25% off your entire Books purchase. Here's why everyone likes the Books company. Books is different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano. Which I love. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. Books is simple. Go online, pick the delivery date, and you are done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your books now. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. Erin, I love my books. I love a flower that lasts forever, and my books arrangements really do last a full solid week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have uh, I have some sitting on my kitchen table right now, mm-hmm. and they've been there for several days. And usually when I buy them at, like, the grocery store, they're sort of, like, starting to crap Fade. out pretty quickly. Yep. Not with books. They stick around. They look beautiful. I like how they kind of slowly open up and become even more beautiful as they sit on your, you know, wherever Absolutely, you Absolutely, because they're that fresh. So go to books.com and use promo code hysteria for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code hysteria. Books, promo code hysteria. Hello, welcome to Hysteria. I'm Aaron Ryan. Uh, Grace Para and Megan Gailey are here with me today. Hi. Oh, I thought we were going to do that thing again that we did last time. You say like last week, like it happened last week instead of us recording this exactly right after. We did take a cookie break and we did. We had, oh, Oh, there are holiday cookies galore. Galore. And no one is eating them yet. No. I'm like, we don't even really work here. I'm wearing very tight Fashion Nova jeans that I spent $23 on and uh, little housekeeping before we get into our special year in review episode. Mm-hmm. First of all, uh, if you have Hills You'll Die On, you can send them to us in 30-second voice memo form to hysteria at crooked.com. But you will not be hearing them for a while because in the month of January, we are taking a hiatus. I'm going to be out of the country for part of the month. Caroline is going to be out. We're going to be doing some kind of retooling and uh, bring you season two of Hysteria starting in February. So... Sorry about a month off. I think that there are probably other ways that you can occupy occupy yourself. Yeah. Think about what you're going to get me for my birthday. Yeah, That's Megan's February birth- 17th, everybody. Um, think about what you're going to get me for my wedding. <laughs> yeah. Think about <laughs> Megan. Exactly. Think about Megan think and the gifts that you're going to get her. Megan the whole time. But uh, we're excited to bring you season two. Uh, when it comes back, I guarantee you that it'll be worth the wait. I can't guarantee you that. <laughs> yes, you can. You can, Erin. You're going to like the way you look. I guarantee it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, men's warehouse. <laughs> Dude, um, can you imagine a female version of men's warehouse? Dress, dress, dress barn. barn. <laughs> dress barn. What happened at dress barn? Is this oh, exist? it's around. It it's around. Real, it's kicking around. Yeah, girl, you got to go to the Minnesotas and Indianas of the world. Yeah. Dress, oh, I love that. Dress, dress barn is a fashion nova. Yeah. I got to get to dress barn. <laughs> dress barn is is the jam. All right. First, let's uh, let's get to some time to reflect seriously on this year that has just passed us. Here's something that I was thinking about as I was putting this outline together. Uh, I remember 2016 as the year where everything felt like it was kind of like locomotive heading toward the apocalypse. 2017 was everybody just kind of reeling and being like, wait, yeah. what's happening? What's happening? What's yeah, happening? Yeah, yeah. 2018 seemed like a year of silver linings to me. Yeah. Even the things that happened that were bad had very clear silver linings. There were very In 2016, the silver lining of Trump getting elected wasn't immediately apparent. But in 2018, we see what that silver lining was. That silver lining was that women got extremely motivated and involved. Mm -hmm. Civic engagement among Democrats was just off the charts. California woke up and became a a force to kind of push the U.S. back in the right direction. So I thought it was good. I thought it was a good year despite some of these stories not being great. One of the biggest ones this year was the Supreme Court. I think you all remember uh, how it felt to watch Kennedy retire. That was, I think, our first episode of Hysteria was the day that he uh, retired, which was, or announced he was retiring. That's right. Which was crazy. He announced he was retiring, and then we got uh, Brett Kavanaugh, and we had Christine Blasey Ford's testimony that Brett Kavanaugh was actually a sexual predator when he was in high school, and that all felt very uh, disheartening to watch. 
But I also felt like there was a silver lining to it. Of course. We got to hear this amazing woman give testimony, and she had space finally, a, a nationwide platform to speak about these these ills that you know obviously affected her on a very personal level, but I think were so resonant for so many hundreds of thousands of women across America, too, if not more, if not more. I, um, it brought up a lot of trauma for a lot of um, survivors, but it also, I think in the fold of that you saw oh my gosh there's so many people that mm -hmm. have been through this and so it really gave a voice to that too mm -hmm. um this is something that could not be ignored and you know the me too movement was very much like in full swing almost sort of at its like tail end running on fumes and i think that this kind of lit it up again of like no it, this is not going to be like a trend this is going to be something that is sustainable we're not going to put up with this anymore mm -hmm. it's not a moment it's a movement ooh mm. exactly exactly and it, it felt like it it had legs in all these different areas uh, i'm going to move to the next story that i think was really relevant to a lot of our listeners and to us in 2018. Uh, the story of Larry Nasser. Larry Nasser was sentenced to 40 to 175 years in prison on sexual assault charges. This is after he, as team doctor to USA Gymnastics and as a doctor at Michigan State, allegedly, well, he did, assault 156 women and girls, more than 156 women and girls. But in his trial, one of the things that was really an inspiring moment in a horrible story was that 156 women and girls made statements over seven days about what he had done to them and they did it publicly and they stood up and it was incredible. Megan, mm -hmm. as somebody who works, you know, in and adjacent to sports, how important did this moment feel to you in 2018? That sentencing was so important. You know, a female judge was like, no, you're going to sit here and listen to all of this. Had it been a, a male judge, I don't know if the same outcome would have happened. Um, and those survivors have continued to be in the forefront of the fight to have USA Gymnastics now answer for what they've done. This, unfortunately, was a systematic breakdown on every level. Um, and this could happen in really any organization. I do think sports is probably a place that it has a higher chance of happening because you want success, and that's, like, what these girls were taught to do. Like, you got to just do whatever you can to be the best. And it really, really woke people up. I've said it before. They All, all survivors came to the ESPYs, stood in front of the world's biggest, most famous, most powerful athletes, and with their presence, we're like, you're going to look at us. You're not going to forget that this happened. And we're going to ensure that the Sandusky's and the Nassers of the world are held to the fucking fire. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think you bring up a really good point, too, about the fact that this could happen in any organization. And what's interesting to see now, too, the USOC is in the process of, of really examining their culpability with this, too. So we're understanding, I think, that what happened within... Uh, USA Gymnastics is not extant only to that. Yeah. To and that Michigan State. And Michigan State, too. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so yeah, I think it's a rebuilding year. And I'm really excited to see what happens with gymnastics after this. Because the silver lining in all this for me is, like, they're going to get new leadership. There's going to yeah. be a whole new crop of people mm -hmm. leading the charge with this very important field that people love. I mean, we love this sport. America loves this sport. We understand the athleticism behind it. We understand the passion of these young women. It's something that unites us every four years. And we have a responsibility, I think, as a nation to remind ourselves of that and remind the survivors of this, too, that what they've given us as, uh, you know, in terms of entertainment and, and, and as far as, like, us seeing the athleticism of this incredible, uh, unbelievably challenging uh, sport is 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 irreplaceable. So I'm I think that's a silver lining too. I'm glad you you brought that up as a topic, Aaron. Allie yeah. Reisman is a gold medalist mm -hmm. too. This is not in sports. A lot of times it's like you know you you hear about this about sexuality and male dominated sports. Yeah, like you need like a star. Well, yeah. you have your star. Mm -hmm. This is spearheaded by one of the biggest stars. The sport has seen in recent years, yep. so you need to listen to her. Yep. Yeah, she's so fearless. Also, like, part of being a gymnast is to be fearless. Yes. And so to antagonize gymnasts is like, okay, great idea, idiot. Like, yeah. they are fearless, and they can withstand intense amounts of pressure, and they are... Gymnasts are, if anybody is going to be the one to take down a systemic problem in sports, I think yeah. that it's going to be gymnasts. Like, yep. and, that's, and that's an exciting thing. Another, another story that was a, an awful story that had some silver linings. On February 14th, the shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, uh, 14 students and three staff members were killed, but 
after that happened, the students that were impacted immediately, like the gymnasts, made them made us look at them. Mm -hmm. Like they were out in public, they were leading marches, they were talking to the media, they were advocating for themselves and for gun safety, and it culminated in uh, in March the March for Our Lives in in March which was so impressive. Mm-hmm. Did you guys go to the March for Our Lives? Event? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And was... I, I also, I, I did an event um, a few uh, months ago with um, several of the students from Parkland who spoke about, you know, what was happening in the wake of, of both the shootings and then um, kind of after March for Our Lives, where, where we go from here. And to see the determination that they have to continue talking about this subject well beyond just what happened at their school, well beyond the march, is incredible. It's mm-hmm. incredible. Uh, the silver lining there is very clear to me, too. Mm-hmm. And earlier this month, we had Shannon Watts on yeah, the show from right. Moms Demand Action. Yeah. And she talked about the Parkland High School students being instrumental in giving us such a huge electoral win in November when it comes to gun safety. We have more advocates for gun safety that got elected to Congress this year than we have yeah. in, in recent memory. And that's incredible. So last story I wanted to talk about in our year in review is it kind of dovetails with this is the 2018 election. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, I think, the ultimate silver lining, because now we're seeing what did we do with all the rage that we had mm-hmm. in 2016? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think in other historical moments, people have channeled it into things that maybe weren't as like immediately evident. You know, like we we channeled it into getting out there, canvassing, electing people uh, in districts where nobody thought Democrats could win. Like we flipped, how many districts in California did we flip from Dem to Republican? Mm-hmm. It was incredible. Mm-hmm. 125 women were elected to Congress. That's 102 to the House, 14 to the Senate, and nine as governors. 45 women of color were elected to the House, one to the Senate, one as governor. 106 of those were Democratic women. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of, it's really cool to see the people that we're electing looking like the people that are electing them. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. it's, it's women, it's people of color. Here are some women that uh, won in November that are super exciting. Sharice Davids, one of the first Native American women elected, mm-hmm. who is an MMA fighting lesbian. Hell yeah, a badass. From She's such Kansas. a badass. She's so amazing. Yes. I just want I just want to like be your pen pal. I, I just want her to fight people for me. Yeah. <laughs> so, him. Get him. <laughs> we have Deb Haland, uh, another of the first Native American women elected. We have Ayanna Presley, mm-hmm. who I have a huge girl crush on, the first black woman elected to Congress from Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. We have Rashida Tlaib, the first Muslim American woman elected to Congress from Michigan. We also have Ilhan Omar, another Muslim American woman mm-hmm. elected Minnesota's fifth. Uh, who is part of the like dynamic duo? She and Alexandria Ocasio Cortez yep. mm-hmm. are like now the besties that everybody ships yeah. in Congress, which is great. We had the first two Latinas elected to Congress from Texas: Veronica Escobar and Sylvia Garcia. Love that. Oh yeah, you're a Texan. I am a Texan. Yeah, you're a Texan. yeah. And a Latina. And yeah. a Latina. There you go. No big deal. I can't wait to go celebrate. Ugh. That's going to be great. Texas is going to turn purple. It definitely is. It's, it's so like close. really, really on the way. Yeah. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the youngest woman ever elected to Congress, followed closely by Iowa's Abby Finkenauer, who was also amazing and super impressive. Oh, we also had Lucy McBath, Georgia Yeah, Sixth, that's right. Unseating Karen Handel, who was uh, just this, this crazy zealot. And yeah. now we have Lucy McBath, who literally is a mom who's who is reeling from tragedy in her own yeah. life yeah. and became an activist and is now a congressman. Yeah, yeah. that's like, a silver lining. So yeah. cool. Um, and it seems like people are pretty fired up. We've got Nancy Pelosi about to get the gavel. How do you how do you feel about Nancy getting her uh, getting her power back? You know, I was sort of like when it first because this wave of younger you did feel that like maybe it's and I think over the last few weeks we've just seen no Nancy's the best at this and you can still have this influx of young new blood but, I don't but know respect why. to the OGs but, I'm gonna throw Diane Feinstein in there as well she's somebody that I think has been around for a long ass time she has done so much for our state specifically and good for her for sticking around and doing doing the damn thing she both of these ladies are doing the work it's awesome it's awesome to see yeah. Yeah, Nancy really uh, is kicking some ass. And just talking to Representative Karen Bass last week uh, really gave me the sense that, like, everybody is really getting really excited about Mm -hmm. 2019. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you listeners uh, are politically engaged and we're out there. You were sending me DMs. You're sending us tweets. You're emailing us about how involved you were and how, like, you were channeling your rage and your disappointment in 
what the state of America was into something positive. And mm -hmm. like we wouldn't be here if it weren't for people like you. So you should pat yourselves on the back yeah. because this has been a really amazing 2018. Mm -hmm. Despite having bad things happen, we've always picked ourselves up, brushed ourselves off and carried on. Mm -hmm. And that's so you guys are so fucking inspiring. Mm -hmm. So cool. Lighter news stories from 2018. One review. Yes. Yes. <laughs> this news story. I I don't care. You got so swept up. You it's really, really baffling. Just... I... <laughs> Sweet, cute. I love Meghan Markle and Prince Harry. I just love them. Yeah, I'm I, with you. I have a friend who's a fan of the royals who described the royal family as like expensive pets that England has agreed to. Just... <laughs> <laughs> and I just I just love them. I just think they're so adorable. Uh, the whole family, or just no, them I just think Megan and Megan and Harry are just are super. Cute. I'm wishing them the best. Yeah. I'm excited for that. I don't like all this hate against Megan Markle because I I I want to I want to like her. I met her once. What? Oh, really? Very briefly. Yeah. Oh, Barry yeah. the lead. Yeah. How? Yeah. Yeah. It was suits. um what uh, it was suits. No, I was on the nightly show and she came by and I think she she was on the nightly show for an episode or. Maybe she was coming to meet with a producer about like, like doing a pre-interview or something, and I met her backstage very briefly. This is way before she even started dating Harry. Oh, but she just, had okay. gone to college with somebody that was on the show. And she went to Northwestern. She went to Northwestern. That's right. And so they they exchanged pleasantries, and she was very sweet. And I met her. She's just you know beautiful and classy and all the things. And this is pre Harry. Pre Harry. Pre Harry. And I was very impressed. Huh. I was like, that's a that's a beautiful classy lady. That's a there. princess. Yeah. That's a princess. That's and princess, princess in waiting. material. <laughs> this yeah. is like this is a kind of okay. So the next story is like this was a pure joy story. The next story is kind of an ugly joy story. Yeah. Uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders got got asked to leave the Red Head Restaurant in Red Lexington, Head. Virginia. I think that's great. Yeah. I think it's great. Yes. People shouldn't be I mean, I think that people who work for Donald Trump shouldn't just expect to be able to waltz into places that are that are good. That are good. Like, okay, yeah, you want to you want to that's what you want to do. You should just all you should only be able to eat in in places owned by people who voted for Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> Cracker Barrel or whatever. Wow. Yeah, I mean, seriously. That's how yeah. I feel about television though. I'm like every time, you know, the number one shows all CBS, ABC. I'm like, y'all, everybody on TV hates you. You know, like they have no, you don't get to watch this. These actors don't like you. I feel like there was a low key Sarah Huckabee Sanders joke in the movie The Favorite, which I just saw. Really? Yeah. There's a joke in there that doesn't really make a ton of sense where like the queen is wearing bad makeup mm -hmm. and Rachel oh. Weiss's character is like, you look like a badger. And the queen is like kind of hurt and she's like, aren't you glad I told you that you looked like a badger? And she like changed her makeup. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's it's yeah. saucy. I like yeah. it. Sorry. Spoiler alert. In one scene, the, <laughs> the queen has bad the makeup makeup's on. bad. Great. So what what are some news stories from 2018 that you felt that we haven't covered that you thought were things that you'll kind of hang on to or that you look back on and you're like, huh, can't believe that happened. I I feel like my personal news was great. <laughs> That's the thing, too. It's like, well, this is something that I think many of us can relate to. I've had a wonderful professional and personal last few years, but the world is in chaos. And oh. so it's like when I got engaged, my my photo was in the feed and then it was like people being gassed at the border. And I'm like, oh, oh shit. You yeah, know, like take yeah, it down, yeah. get the ring out of there. Because <laughs> you, you want to be like, oh, I, I'm having, but you know, it goes along with like that tough work that we've done of like, I canvassed, y'all. It was hot. Yeah, it was yeah. in a not great weather. And now I'm like, yeah, okay, let's celebrate some of the fruits of our labor, but kind of being like, I, I once said that I wouldn't get married in a Trump, during a Trump presidency. Now that may still come to fruition. <laughs> but I've sort of had to back some of that up to be like, no, I think we may have to do it. But you're allowed to experience joy despite the fact that the world is is going to shit. Like as long as you're not oblivious to it. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I think yeah. that I think that there's Thanks, guys, you're good friends. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's a really healthy way to look I at it. I think that it's a form of like resistance to insist on finding happiness in your own life, even when what you're trying to do in terms of your civic engagement is taking on something that feels very dark and yeah. oppressive to you. Yeah. You know who else I loved? Those two women who stopped the elevator. Oh, yes. I feel like yes. that was like a great snapshot the elevator of like bitties. how we all felt. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're talking about the two women that interrupted Senator Jeff Flake. Flake from yeah. Arizona, yeah. followed mm -hmm. him into an elevator during the Kavanaugh yeah. confirmation mm -hmm. hearings and were like, don't you, what? Don't you think no, that this No, look at matters? us. Yeah. 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 yeah, and then he came back and was like, oh, I guess. Yeah. We got to do an investigation. Yeah, and then he voted poorly anyways. Well, 
I mean, the good news is, you know, we and all now he's of, gone. Now he's now and he's now gone. gone. He gets to go back to Arizona like a snowbird. <laughs> 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 that was a really important moment for sure. Also, the Laurel and Yanni debate. Very important moment. Yes, and transcendent gender, really. You know, yeah. that's one that I think struck all struck a chord with all of us. Yeah, I everybody that I know and love agreed with me that it was stupid. So yes, I thought I felt very united yeah. under that. I was yeah. like, this is dumb. This is dumb that we're doing this. Yeah. But, it's cool that we have the capacity to care, care about stupid shit. I think so. I think that's important. I mean, I, I think that, like, it used I to all be stupid shit. It did. Well, Twitter that, especially used to I all know, be stupid shit. It was just the, shit. what color's the dress? I'm like, that was a fun time. That, that was a fun time. That came out during CPAC. I was at really? CPAC covering CPAC. It was tw- CPAC 2015. And that was, like, I think the same day that I met Steve Bannon. It, 2015, oh. before it was any anything. Right. Yeah. And I remember, like, walking down the hallway. I just watched, like, Marco Rubio talk or something, and I was, like, in this very dark place. <laughs> You're feeling a little aroused. I was, I was, <laughs> I was pretty horned. I'm going to have to go change. <laughs> yeah, I was pretty horned up. I was about to retire yeah. to my bunk for the afternoon. Um, no, but I was just, you know, it was, like, a very, it's a very strange place. Yeah. I, it's kind of like a cheerleading convention for the, the weirdest people in America. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, like... It, it, Hotel Transylvania. It was. It was. It, yeah, except the people, the ca- the cast members in Hotel Transylvania are much hotter. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, the the dress thing came out, and I was like, really, at a time That's like fun. this? That's okay. Yeah. But anyway, well, here's to 2019 being a year that we can care about more stupid garbage. Yeah. Well, I think that one thing that 2018 did very well was art. There's a lot, lot of shows, a lot of movies, a lot of music, a lot of stuff that I think showcased women mm-hmm. uh, in an amazing way and stuff that was really compelling. I feel like I watched a lot more Netflix than I ever have before. This is my year. Wow, really congratulations. Connecting. Thank wow. you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, I, and yeah, I, I mean, there's just so many, like my personal favorite female performance of the year, Maya Rudolph's character in Big Mouth. I haven't. Oh, is she like the horny monster? She's the horn. She's the the horny monster, female okay. horny monster, and she is unbelievable. I love Maya she's so awesome, and like it just it it like transcends what you think can be done within the confines of an animated show. She's so good. She's and you think about it, like I don't think that we think about Big Math as a female driven show, and maybe it's not necessarily, but like. Goddamn, the the voice performances in that are so good, and she's really spectacular. Huh. Mm-hmm. I auditioned for a lot of important female parts that I didn't get, and mm-hmm. that felt good. <laughs> yeah, I would They're say out there. I would say I did the there. same thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've never. I don't. I'm not. You're it. so lucky. I can't. You are very lucky. <laughs> I really don't anymore. They're like, she's not gonna get it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't act, so that's why I don't audition for things. Well, that's year in review. Hopefully next year we have, you know, the the ability to care about more stupid garbage, but also not at the expense of the stuff that matters because we're really, I think we're moving in the right direction, guys. One-to-one ratio. I think we're, yep. For every stupid thing you care about, try to care about a thing that matters. And for everything that matters that you're forced to care about, allow yourself. A stupid thing. A stupid thing. That's so great. Yeah. yeah. Good it's ru- like french fries and salad. Good rule of thumb. It's like french fries french. and salad. Exactly. Right. Right. Or that old Mitch Hedberg joke about the carrot stick and the onion ring going mm. to his stomach at the same time mm. and the carrot stick gets the onion ring in. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Do that, but with like stupid stuff and good stuff. Okay. Good rule going into 2019. We have to take a quick break, though. And when we come back, we have your listener submitted Kills You'll Die On. This episode is brought to you by IQ Bar. Power up your life with superior brain and body nutrition products from IQ Bar. Their plant protein bars are the perfect low-carb breakfast. Their IQ Mix zero-sugar hydration drinks replenish electrolytes. And their IQ Joe mushroom coffees will keep you focused all day long. Start each day right with IQ Bar's brain and body boosting bars, hydration mixes, and mushroom coffees. Their ultimate sampler pack includes all three. IQ Bar empowers doers with superior brain and body nutrition. All their products are entirely free from gluten, dairy, soy, GMOs, and artificial sweeteners. And today, Hysteria listeners get an exclusive offer of 20% off plus free shipping. Just text HYSTERIA to 64000. One thing I love about IQ Bar is, first of all, right now it's really dry where I am. Oh, okay. It is hard for me to stay hydrated. I just like, I'll just be going through my day and I'll be like, why am I so like... Parched. I'm parched. I'm in a bad mood. I feel like I'm going to pass out. And it's, ah, you got to drink some water. You got to stay hydrated. I really like their IQ Mix Zero Sugar Hydration Drinks because it allows me to rehydrate myself at a time when I feel like the atmosphere is trying to take all my moisture away. 
Well, and sometimes you need more than just water. Sometimes you need more more than just water. I also love IQ bars because I love a portable breakfast. I love a grab-and-go breakfast. No dishes. Love something I can walk around holding and eating. I like something I can eat in my car without endangering the lives of me and every other motorist on the road. A breakfast burrito. <laughs> not, not the safest thing to eat behind the wheel. IQ bar, go ahead and do it. Good for you. Great ingredients. Helps you... Stay focused and alert throughout the day. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, and you don't have to dirty any dishes. Refuel smarter with IQ Bar's Ultimate Sampler Pack. That's seven IQ Bars, four IQ Mix sticks, and four IQ Joe sticks. And now our special podcast listeners get 20% off all IQ Bar products plus get free shipping. To get your 20% off, just text Hysteria to 64000. Get your discount. Text Hysteria to 64000. That's H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A to 64000. Message and data rates may apply. See terms for details. This episode of Hysteria is brought to you by Viore. Need the perfect Mother's or Father's Day gift? Check out Viore Performance Apparel. Drawing inspo from the coastal California lifestyle, Viore's products inspire others to live vibrant, active lives. I love that they're calling this the coastal California lifestyle. I will embrace that instead of what I thought it was, which was the I only want to wear comfortable clothes lifestyle. Yeah. I have. To, I refuse to be uncomfortable I refu- if I want to be productive. I refuse <laughs> to be uncomfortable, but sometimes I have to look like I belong in a respectable place lifestyle, which is like yeah. Viore is perfect for it because they the clothes look fantastic. They fit great. They are so comfortable. I lie down in mine all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Especially, Erin, the women's performance joggers. They have a slim but relaxed fit and are designed with dream knit stretch fabric. I love my joggers. I've slept in mine. I've slept in them. Really? You don't get hot? No. They're very, like, on oh. a, it's like a couch nap. You know, you have like a, oh yeah. you've got like maybe a half an hour in the afternoon. You're like, ooh, I've got a like small break. I'm very tired. I'm going to just like lay down for 20 minutes. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect for couch napping. Joggers. I love the leggings. I can work out in them. I can do my errands in them. I can wear them with a proper top to a business meeting. It is not a problem. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you probably could. Just put a a blazer and like... Denim shirt. Denim Denim shirt, blazer, leggings. So easy. 100%. And of course, the men's core shorts. They have a classic athletic fit falling just above the knee while the Sunday performance joggers are made from recycled performance stretch fabric. I got my dad some men's core shorts. He wears them to mow the lawn. It's perfect. He is like, I think my, my dad is one of those people that just like beats the crap out of his clothes. He'll wear them until they're... They look like a security blanket that a 30-year-old yep. still has where it's just like a ball of string and you're like, um, Our dads are the same. Yeah, yeah. But um, my dad has had his for like a couple of years now and I think I, I saw him wearing them the other week when I met up with um, family on a, on a short weekend trip and they still looked great. It was like, Dad... Your clothes still look new. <laughs> so fancy. Viore is offering Hysteria listeners 20% off your first purchase. Get some of the most comfy and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash hysteria. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash hysteria. You'll also enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash hysteria and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. And we're back. This is a holiday episode, which means we're not actually in the studio, which means that we lazily are incorporating the hills. He'll die on <laughs> instead of our own. Call or, it out. Call instead it out. of our own original cut. Look, it's the end of the year. I'm I just was coming available. Clean. I was available. <laughs> so you're like the holiday orphan in L.A., yeah. like putting Christmas lights around a palm tree. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, surfing Santa. Oh, the worst. You know I love it. Um, <laughs> disagree. Uh, but we have a couple hills. Hi, Hysteria. My name's Molly. I'm in Virginia. I have a hill I want to die on, and it's those paper toilet seat covers that you see in public bathrooms. I think that they are useless, mm. and I think that people who use them are bad and dumb people. Wow. Because <laughs> a public toilet seat is not going to hurt you, and if it oh. was going to hurt you, a little piece of paper is probably not going to save you. Wow. Mm. Okay. So I just started using these um, because well, I, you're bad and dumb. Well, you're but I used dumb. to be good. Honestly, there's just so much 
I don't know. I, I guess maybe I kind of want to like piggyback this hill and say, ladies, can we just sit? Stop hovering. You need yeah. to sit because you're hovering and then you're peeing on everything. And then that's why we need the seat covers. Your booty cheeks are the same as everybody else's booty cheeks. Mm-hmm. You know, they're mm-hmm. booty cheeks and they're mm-hmm. fine and they're good. And like, I would even kiss a butt cheek. I don't think a butt cheek is inherently dirty, but I think Wait, pee. the butt cheek of somebody that you don't know? Yeah, sure, why not? Who's just been on a toilet? Not been on a toilet, but just like pulled down their pants and kiss a butt cheek. Sure, butts are probably more pure than then say- put the faces or hands. Hands. hands are yeah, put hands. the butt on the seat. I like that. I will say that I have a gross confession here because oh, I no. don't often use the t- the seat guys. I will if they're available, but I usually take toilet paper, do a little zhuzh around, yeah, yeah. throw it in. Sometimes I'll even wash my hands and then use the bathroom because I, I don't trust. Like I- I've been in the situation where, yes, there's one of the toilet seat guys, but you put it on top of the seat and then there's pee on the seat. Uh-huh. So the toilet seat plastic thing just absorbs yeah 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 and oh, then, yeah. So then you're still sitting in pee oh and sometimes, sitting in pee. sometimes it gets stuck to your butt yeah, yeah, and then you gotta worse. pry it off your butt so there's no other solution than to either hover which requires glutes that i do not yet have Sit. maybe in 2019 if we were all sitting if we're all sitting but in lieu oh, of everybody man. sitting somebody's still got to get rid of that pee so what do you do because you clean it up be, yourself there wouldn't be pee on it if i we know were all sitting Megan, i'm is, with you you know I'm, I'm just gonna go ahead and say i used to have like really strong opinions about bathroom like seat cleanliness and yeah. like hovering versus sitting or whatever and then i spent like five weeks in nepal last year yeah. where the toilet situation is sort of like a lot of times you know on the trail it was like well there's a big rock you can go shit behind yeah. that yeah. oh shit you have outside. to well because there's no bathrooms it's like hours and hours between bathrooms you're just walking through the remote Everest area wow and it was like yeah, after that, I just kind of, st- I, I like let go of all my snobbery about bathrooms. I think that people that maybe come from places where it's always a hover situation just mm-hmm. might be accustomed to hovering. And so I feel like maybe we should, I mean, I think that you're right that it only, everybody should sit if that's the only way that sitting works is if everybody sits. Yeah, yeah but I almost feel dilemma. like, but it's also not going to. Not, it's never going to be a world where everybody sits. You were in Nepal for five weeks? I was in, I was just walking around. I would not have pooped for five weeks. Oh, oh. I, I can't, I've never done it outside. I don't know how that works. Well, shitting outside is, yeah, that's tough. My, I'll, sh- I'll show you guys how right after this. You oh, go great, outside, cool, oh, you yeah. dig a hole, right? No. No. There's no digging. It's it's like above the tree line. It's frozen. It's like you can't. Wait, it's freezing outside yeah, too? Yeah, it was, ha- it was oh like April and it was like 25 degrees. Anyway, guys. Oh, we're not God. going to Nepal, Grace no. and I. <laughs> Megan and I, we'll <laughs> We'll, we'll have some hot toddies for you, and but that not because of the shitting outside. I would definitely yeah, shit outside. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't think that my like sphincter, my anal sphincter, Guys. would work. <laughs> who, who wants to hear us talk more about anal sphincters? I feel like this is you know we get a lot of bathroom hills. We had a bathroom hill on the last uh, hills giving episode. Where That's we right. Just did hills, and and we're just talking about pooping again. Let's move on to the next one before this devolves okay. further. Hello, ladies. My name is Karen, and the hill that I would die on is that it's unnecessary and kind of insulting when people press the elevator button when someone is already waiting for the elevator and Mm. the button has clearly been pushed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They not know that the person waiting understands how elevators work. A side hill, also involving elevators, is when people rapidly press the elevator button multiple times in a row. What do they think that's going to accomplish? Mm. It makes no sense and it doesn't get it to come any faster. All it does is make them look like a fool. I I like. guys have a great day. I like this hill a lot because it's not about how you feel about pressing buttons. It's about how you feel when other people are pressing these buttons, which is the... I think audience that we're not talking about often enough with this conversation. How is everybody else in the elevator feeling? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. There's a there's a there's a politeness that I think we're just tossing asunder there. So so I used to work at a at a bank, and I remember waiting for the elevator. And this might be just anecdata on my part, mm-hmm. uh, where, but I, one thing that I noticed was that it always like. This would happen. I'd be in the elevator. I'd hit my button. Mm-hmm. And then somebody else would get in the elevator and hit the same button that I just hit. Uh-huh. Like, they just wanted to make sure that my hitting the button was taken seriously. And it was usually a man. Yeah. <laughs> it was like being in a meeting and having a man, like, just kind of repeat the thing that you just said and get acknowledgement for it. It was like he was so accustomed to doing a thing right after a woman did it and have it be taken seriously that he does that in elevators. Now, I could just be a crazy person with a chip on her shoulder. But that's that's something that's the way I always experienced it. Like, the people that are the, the most impatient button repeaters are like the men who would just echo what you said in a meeting and expect the credit. Mm. 
I've definitely hit a button that was lit up. Um, but I think it comes from a place of we cannot trust these elevator buttons. No. Sometimes mm. they're not lighting up. You know, like I've said to people before, I hit it, it doesn't light up. And then they're like, they hit it again. And that's like you've had a conversation. You're telling them. Mm-hmm. But I'm just a rusher, you know, mm-hmm. like that, 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 that. So I've tapped, tapped, tapped. I also all like pop, 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 tap, tap, get me out of here, close those doors. I'm not pretty... when someone's coming, but I'm like, close the fucking doors. You said that. In my brain. In your brain. In and your then brain. as I. Yeah, don't say it if someone's walking up to you. Oh, no, no. no. <laughs> I'm, oh, I hold elevator. I've been, st- I've gotten smashed in a door holding oh my, it for somebody. Traumatic. No, if there's people, but if I'm like, well, this is mostly, I'm high in hotels a lot mm-hmm. and I fear for my life. And mm-hmm. so I get in and I'm like closing those doors because I think someone's coming to kill me. Mm. Oh, yeah. Okay. I will say if I'm impatient and I'm pressing a button, uh, that's usually accompanied um, by a heavy sigh. So you you know that I'm yeah impatient in this moment. It's not subtle. It's yeah. a <sighs> situation. There's a lot of huffing that yeah. goes on. It does not happen that often. It's happened maybe two or three times in my life. Yeah. But but when it happens, there's there's a soundtrack to it. I used to I recently realized that I need to chill out because I went and got my blood pressure taken and it, uh, okay. it was like Oh really? I don't have high blood pressure. I just have normal blood pressure now, but I've always had low Whoa. blood pressure. Yeah. And it's like, "Oh, I allow myself to get stressed out by things like being mad that somebody takes an extra second to get into the elevator or they hold it for somebody." Yeah. Like my rage skyrockets and like I'm a I live inside my rage and it's part of the reason why I've been able to make a living just kind of doing what I do. Yeah. But like, it's also kind of at the point where I'm like, I need to make, I need to pick and choose my battles. Like, yeah. I don't know if elevator rage is one of the no. battles that I want to choose. Yeah. I agree with you there. I have extremely low blood pressure. Like in the, not like I'm going to like kill over and die, but like low and like, they're like, are you an athlete? And I'm like, that's so kind. Um, <laughs> so it's like that low. So that's why I feel very much at Liberty to fly off the handle about everything. That's great. Good yeah. for you. Thank I like you. Good, good for you. Wait for like three more years when you're my age and then you can, <laughs> and then you'll be like, Oh, I have normal blood pressure. I'm about to die. Yeah. My heart <laughs> my heart is on the verge of exploding. Well, but by then I don't think I'll have the energy. Yeah. You know? oh, That's yeah. true. Yeah. I am pretty old. I like <laughs> <laughs> I was carried in here on a litter by four burly men, <laughs> set down. Uh, I've I'm still thinking about the favorite guys. I'm gonna talk about I really need to watch it. Yeah. Let's uh let's do one more hill. Do we have one more? Yes. Great. Hi, Hysteria. My name is Allie, and the hill that I will die on is that people who do not fold their laundry right after it comes out of the dryer are slobby fucking pigs. I just don't get it. That shit gets wrinkly. You might as well have just not even washed it in the first place. Damn, that's brutal. I mean, that's I d- obviously directed at some ex-boyfriends. I agree. Oh, yeah. I right agree. I think that. that she. I think that she's right. Like, yeah, of course. He, but who's not folding their clothes? Here, here's when I don't. Here's when I don't. If Uh-oh. I, if yes, yes, yes. If I have just done a load of towels. And or linens, like table linens, sometimes I'll leave it in the dryer for a few hours slash overnight. Clothes I don't do that with. Hmm. But I, have I will clothes do it in with... there right now, but I'll just I'll refresh you're, you're, them. Mo- you're motioning like there's one at Crooked Media. Yeah, I have just, some. Megan, Megan has her own her, personal laundry. She brought her laundry. They've got a washer dryer here and they let us use it. It was if in we her rider. Our <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree. I also like the physical sensation of folding warm laundry. Because yeah. I've spent so much of I think part of it is because I've spent so much of my life being cold. That like having the warmth of the laundry sure. is just like a, it's a pleasant feeling. Here's a question. Do you fold it right there at the laundry washer dryer situation? Do you take it to a bed and fold it? I fold it in front of the TV. Me too. Okay. We're, so you put it in a basket and then you transport it to <laughs> near the TV and then you do we're it there. Like we're Midwestern, Midwestern house. Wait, hold on. I'm confused. We're yelling that. at people that aren't there. Are you going to empty the dishwasher? <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. I got I I have another logistical question though. So you take it from the washer dryer in a basket uh-huh. over to the TV. And you uh-huh. sit down, you fold it on your lap. And then you and take then you, it to the room. And then you, so that so that's that's double duty. Yeah, but it's we're tiny we're tiny little homes. Yes. <laughs> These are not mansions. That's yeah, true. I okay. like to watch inside politics while I do it. On oh, CNN, that's that show on specifically. C- on that one or I like Nicole Wallace on MSNBC. <laughs> I am, oh, a, awesome. I am a housewife. I'm watching like trash, trash, trash. I have in the past when I was like did did laundry and then was like going out or I've dumped it on my bed. Mm-hmm. And that is to signal to myself you cannot get into this bed until you fold this laundry. I've done that in the past and then just whooshed it over. Slept on and it. Slept yeah. on it, yeah. Like a nest. Like a you little nest. <laughs> a little grace nest. Because yeah. I also don't really move when I sleep. So if all I need is like 10 inches and I'm good. Oh, wow. <laughs> No, I've definitely had sex on a pile of dresses. <laughs> I was like, I'd push them. The dream. Yeah. The dream, Megan. <laughs> the real, the dream. 
thank you guys so much for submitting. If you want to send us more, hysteria at cricket.com. But again, we're not going to come back for a month. So we're going to have a huge backlog. And I don't know what I'm going to do. Maybe just listen to a little bit of break. I'll have what she's having. This is where we talk about things that we like that women have done, or we talk about women who have inspired us, or we just talk about cool women shit that we think you guys would enjoy. So here's mine. I recently saw The Favorite, which is an artsy-fartsy, like, Oscar bait movie uh, with Emma Stone and Rachel Weisz in it, and it is uh, great. Oh, there's, sorry, it's not just Emma Stone and Rachel Weisz. Also, Olivia Colman is in it, and she's fantastic. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was co-written, the script was co-written by a woman named Deborah Davis, who wrote the script 20 years ago. So here's my take on The Favorite. I saw it earlier this week. And when I screener or theater theater, okay, I went and saw it in a theater because I was like, this is a movie about like female relationships and power, and and it also looks really beautiful. And I will say that it is worth seeing in a theater. Yeah, Mm -hmm. for like a lot of awards season movies are just sort of like, eh, I could have just like watched this on my couch. Mm -hmm. This is like see it in a theater because the set is like opulent Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and the the costuming is incredible Mm -hmm. and the performances are great and the the acting is so good that you almost like want to see their faces enormous because you can see like everything they're doing this is good to know thank you yeah Mm -hmm. so definitely a scene in a theater i will say this my critique of it was that it was it felt too long for me and the at the end i felt like very claustrophobic and angry Mm -hmm. but after i i left the theater I, i saw it with uh with josh and we were talking about it and i realized that like the whole night for like hours we were talking about this movie. Wow. So it's like that sort of a movie. And I keep thinking about it now. I have like a movie hangover from it. Um, It's an incredible film that involves like kind of women jockeying for power, using their sexuality, but not in a way that is in any way for the male gaze. Mm -hmm. And watching female sexuality interplay with itself with with other women and not have it be something that that's like oh yeah but men did this for for men is really really incredible so it passes the Bechdel test it 100% does okay Rachel Weiss's character is she, she's a force she's mm-hmm. amazing Emma Stone is always great Olivia Coleman is funny like the character doesn't have funny lines but mm-hmm. she deli- she's just funny yeah. as like this kind of hapless Queen Anne who like doesn't quite know what she's doing the thing that I find really inspiring about it is that the co-writer of the screenplay. The screenplay is also really clever and brilliant. There's like some incredible, some of the best pussy jokes I've ever heard oh, in my yeah. life. But they're very like very the lead on that. Yeah, <laughs> they're very low key. Like there's one scene where they're talking about healing the queen's wound that is like this is a pussy joke. Whoa. It's so funny. Um, but Deborah Davis is a co-writer. She first wrote the script 20 years ago and has been working for 20 years to get the shit made, and it finally got made. And it looks great. And she has some of the best actresses in the world involved. And it also is about sort of like the ridiculousness of men. Um, uh, uh, what's that? Jennifer Lawrence's ex. I love that. That's how I know his name. Darren Aronofsky. No, Nicholas Holt. Oh, my God. Nicholas Holt is in it. And he's fantastic, but he's ridiculous. He is a ridiculous man. And mm-hmm. the men are all costumed really they're they're all very silly and right. the women are the ones that are getting shit done. So it's like it's a really it's an interesting movie. I can't say that I loved it i think you should everybody should see it Mm -hmm. i can't say that you will love seeing it but Mm -hmm. like you will think about it for a really long time after you saw it and you'll be glad that it existed you said you left the theater angry i left the theater (laughs) angry because uh, i don't i don't i'll tell you i'll tell you offline it's not like that but much of a spoiler but i'll tell you offline okay i the same director did the lobster Mm -hmm. i hated the lobster like Mm -hmm. hate but people loved it Mm -hmm. i truly hated it but there were aspects of it that i was like i love this it just there were parts of it that were like too uh-huh. harsh for yeah. me. The things that I loved were the perf- the performances. I loved the way that the themes were explored in a, this kind of way that felt novel. I loved the way that the movie looked. Uh, and I loved the writing. But mm-hmm. I felt some sometimes parts of it felt like indulgently directed. Mm-hmm. I will I will say okay, that. Okay, great. Can I use that to dovetail into to one of my two I'll have what she's having Absolutely. for the, yeah, the end it. of the year. The first one is a shout out to all women for whom it takes 10 years or more to break into your industry. I think we've seen a lot of that lately. I hate to toot my own horn, but I will be spending January shooting um, an indie film that I'm starring in. What? Which is the first time that I have booked a lead role in a feature film in my life. 
And I've been in Los Angeles for 10 years. And I say that because, and I hesitated even talking about it because it's like, you know, you're not supposed to talk about it. You're not supposed to, whatever. But the deal's closed now and it's happening and I'm very excited about it. And it took me a second to realize, like, I really have been working towards this for a very long time. And so listening to a story about Deborah Davis having worked on this one screenplay for 20 years as well is like, we we are very quick to acknowledge, especially in politics this last year, like you mentioned, Megan, all these women who are like breaking through and like, oh my God, it's their first time running and look at the success and it's amazing. But there's a lot of women who have been struggling for a long time and who have seen a lot of failure and and not even failure necessarily but just things taking time Mm -hmm. in in any industry it takes time Mm -hmm. and and we often hear about and focus on stories of women who have a a kind of immediate success Mm -hmm. and I would like to give a shout out in 2019 to the women who are still working diligently and haven't broken through yet because it takes it takes some goddamn time sometimes, and that's that's beautiful. That's all. That's all. I think more common than it is to Absolutely. see somebody breaking yeah. through in a very quick way. Yeah, and just because you're first hearing about somebody doesn't mean this is they just started working on it. I think that's yeah. an important thing to remember. If you're somebody yes. that's struggling to break into something competitive, mm-hmm. you might think that oh, you know, I'm just hearing about this person's breaking in and this person's yeah. breaking in. You don't know how long and how hard they worked. Most yeah. of them probably worked just as hard as you, just yeah. as long as you. The ones that didn't work as hard or as long as you you know, got lucky. Everybody, yeah. you yes, know, yes. it's a combination of hard work and luck and just uh, just remind yourself that people work hard. And, and I also want to do a quick shout out to uh, women in the gaming, the field of gaming and video games and gaming communities because I think we don't often acknowledge the fact that that's a really difficult industry to be in, not just like in terms of the creators and developers, but also those who game, like women who like to spend a lot of time playing mm-hmm. video games. I think that's awesome. I think it's really cool. I think we're all headed towards a world where VR and gaming is kind of more of our culture, and mm-hmm. uh, it can be really difficult for women to continue being in that field despite the kind of hateful rhetoric that we hear. Uh, and I, I just say, like, in 2019, if you're a woman who's into gaming, stick with it. Keep going with it. I think it's really cool. It's a very cool hobby. And I want to hear more stories of women who are like, fuck the hate. I'm going to continue being in this world. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like hearing about it. Absolutely. Um, Megan, what's your... Um, You know, this was an amazing year for women in sports, and obviously she'll probably go down as the greatest athlete in our time is Serena Williams. Uh, She came back to tennis this year after having a baby, and, you know, there were gender barriers and race barriers to her. The French Open said she couldn't wear what she needed to be able to wear because she was struggling with blood clots. That was something she'd struggled with before the child and then had issues with that after giving birth um and they've now since overturned that rule she'll be able to like wear what she needs to and so will other women and it's going to make it a lot easier and she's just shown people you can give birth to a child become a mother and then come back to the sport Mm -hmm. um now uh female tennis players are going to be able to freeze their ranking and when serena came back she had to start all the way from scratch and it works on this very intense calendar so she was having to get like they were having to like let her into Wimbledon because she'd won it more times than anyone else and not just based on the fact that when she left the game, she was the number one player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so she's changed that for a lot of people. Um, Being Serena is her HBO documentary series. I think this might be the year where people are like, oh, she had a meltdown at the U.S. Open. That's just not what happened. Yeah. I think she asserted her voice and felt like someone was cheating or, you know, calling something totally inaccurately. And I actually think what she did for herself, even though it may ruffle tennis fans' feathers, was exactly what she should be doing. Yeah. Um, I also, though, I mean, continues to impress me, and I know you guys don't know her, uh, is my mom. I mean, my mom oh, is... I feel so like that. I know her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's so, you know, she puts her money where her mouth is in the sense of volunteers is like a part of so many wonderful organizations and then just takes it upon herself to check on people who are going through health issues. I mean, she is, my dad always calls her the nurse of the people. Like, she's really not even a practicing nurse anymore, but will do anything for anybody. And she's living in a red state, and she is fighting that good fight. And, you know, pulled my dad left. And I think that's amazing. Oh, she's so I love that. Mrs. Gailey is Mrs. Gailey. Mrs. Gailey. Mrs. Gailey and all moms. My mom's also amazing. Mary Para as well. Like, there's nobody stronger in my life. There isn't. I agree. I'm so glad you brought brought up your mom, Megan, because I I care about mine deeply, too. I love that. Yeah, that generation of women, uh, people, women who are around the age of our mothers, I think we need to, I, I just like, 
have been pausing recently and thinking about women who are in that generation really like kicking ass mm-hmm. and continuing to be like the backbones of their communities and mm-hmm. their families and um, listeners that are in that generation. Thank you. And uh, we love you. Okay. We have to take a break. Uh, when we come back, one final hill to die on for the year 2018. And we're back with the final hill I'll die on this year uh, because this isn't a democracy. This is a cheerocracy. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm the, I'm the cheer-tater. <laughs> um, the hill, I want to end the year with one final hill. And that hill, that hill is fuck New Year's Eve. <laughs> fuck New Year's Eve. It is the worst holiday. It is forced fun. It is amateur hour. It takes forever to get rides to or from anywhere. You go there and it sort of feels like, you know, everybody blows their load at midnight. And then it's just like, okay, well... Now I have to reflect on my own mortality. I agree completely. I'm with you completely. Here's a couple things. First of all, fuck New Year's Eve. Not into it. Second, if I ever get married, that is a great time to have a wedding, I will say. Because nobody ever has plans. That's what I... Okay, but as I'm exploring this, it's three times as expensive. I I believe that. I believe that. And that's a a travesty. People should be getting married constantly on New Year's Eve because it's a great thing for people to go to. It's it's like... And they have to stay till midnight. And everybody's got the day off. So there's no excuse of like, I can't go or whatever. It's the only only good thing about New Year's Eve. Second, I'm going to Ojai and I'm hiding away with my boyfriend and his cousins and we're not doing anything. Fuck parties. Yeah, I'm not doing any parties either. No? I think I think I'm going to wake up early the next day and like exercise. Absolutely. I am going to Palm Springs um with a pregnant friend. And that's, that's great. but what was I Oh, I watched I recently watched the movie New Year's Eve. It is a who. Not in a good <laughs> way. But I will say I worked like four New Year's Eves in a row. At, I was a waitress and it was incredible. I would make great money and I would be home in bed by 11 p.m. That's great. So that's awesome. For the that's service awesome. industry, it's a good day. Very good. Yeah. yeah. Yep, I th- yep. I think that the best thing that I've learned in my years cuz I did I went through some some partying years when I was in my 20s. Um, the the best way to start the year is to start it in a way that feels positive. Yeah. So if you feel positive waking up hungover yeah. and tired and covered in Eating all glitter, day. then yeah, do that. But yeah. I, I sort of have realized that the best way for me to start my year is to either go all the way out and be like, you know what, I'm staying out all night and then, you know, tomorrow's a wash. Or going to bed fairly early, waking up and like going on a hike. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So yeah, fuck New Year's Eve. Thank you guys for joining oh, me. Yeah, and, yeah I'm, dude. I'm dying on this hill. Uh, yeah. Grace, Grace, and Megan, thank you so much for coming to hang out. Thank uh, you. Very special holiday episode. Yes. And uh, well, sad I'm not going to see you guys for like a month. We can get drinks. We'll, we'll get drinks. We'll get drinks. We'll be here. We'll, we'll get a hang out. We'll and hang out. we'll upload voice memos so that people well, we'll, can hear us. Like I don't hear. I miss my hysteria. <laughs> yeah, we'll give you guys social media fixes. That's yeah, how we'll be, get through this. We'll be back. Yeah. And, yeah. I'll be Instagram my cat so you guys can follow up with me that way and make sure I'm okay my teenage teenage daughter daughter, my thriving teenage daughter (laughs) (laughs) Um, thanks so much to you listeners for tuning in this year and can't wait to see what 2019 brings